My father taught me to drive on his Ford Pinto. Anyone remember the Ford Pinto? Maybe you saw one on an episode of the TV show, The Americans. It became a bit of an automotive joke in the before times. It had an unfortunate reputation in the popular press for bursting into flames. I think that was all a bit overblown. Anyway, it never happened to me. But my father taught me to drive on this Pinto, and to this day, when I drive, I remember his lessons. If you're ever on ice or snow and lose control, he said, don't slam on the brakes. Turn gently into the skid, not against it. And look where you want to go. Not the wall or the tree where you don't want to go. Keep your gaze where you want to go. I have had the opportunity to use that advice more than a few times over the years in New England, sometimes even while driving. listening to Veg Your Best, the plant-based podcast. My name is Michelle Olander. I'm a certified life coach, a practicing vegan, and I'm here every single week asking you to eat more plants and set an impossible goal, whatever that is for you. Episode 26, where we keep our gaze on the goal. Hi, Veg Heads. Happy March. As I record this, today in Western Mass, there is still quite a lot of snow on the ground, but the days are noticeably longer, and the sun is much stronger than it was a couple of weeks ago. Can spring be far behind? Well, March and April can be pretty messy in our parts, but that's okay. So, with all the snow and slippery driving Lately, I was thinking more than a few times about my dad's advice to me when we were kids about driving and about that sickening feeling when you are driving and you suddenly realize the car is not in your control. The car is not in your control, but you are still at the controls. And sometimes That is exactly what starting a new undertaking, a new business, or a new goal feels like. What if you could just be ready for those situations? No hard braking, no yanking the steering wheel in the opposite direction, no looking at all the possible opportunities for collision. Just kind of easy does it. It's sort of counterintuitive, right? Because our intuition, our instincts evolved for a few million years without cars. Our brains are perfect for lots and lots of things, but to function really well in our modern world, we need to train and develop and build trust in our prefrontal cortex. 
That's the more recent executive functioning part of our brain that we humans have that allows us to override some of our instincts and allows us to make plans, visualize eventualities, to learn without actually having the experience itself, and to develop ideas into reality. For the last couple of weeks, we have talked about impossible new goals. We've talked about starting before we're ready and dealing with that dream stealer procrastination, two episodes on procrastination. Today, I'm going to talk about some of the details, some of the step-by-step of how I go about coaching my clients with their new projects. Most of my new clients begin with an eight-week program, which we talked about a couple of episodes ago. And a couple of things some of you remarked on in last week's podcast was when I said that without a plan, without some goalposts or dates or deadlines, our goals run the risk of fizzling, not even failing, but just fizzling. Apparently, that resonated with some of you. And I really appreciate all of you who emailed and DM'd me on Instagram because it means a lot and it helps me know what you find helpful or interesting. So without a plan, without some dates and deadlines, your goal is likely to fizzle. And bad as that sounds, for most of us, it sounds quite a bit better than failing. It feels a little bit better than failing. But is that true? Because fizzles sound like, what's the big deal if I take a couple more days? What difference does it make? Not really feeling like it. Would it be better to write a mediocre post? How about I wait? Huh? Those are fizzles. Fails, on the other hand, are so valuable. There's so much to learn in a fail. We can have a goal or a plan. We can set out to make it happen, but we don't always make failure part of the plan. In coaching, we make failure part of your plan. You're welcome. We call them worthy fails. And a worthy fail is when you fail in the process of actively pursuing your goal. That's different than the fizzle. For example, you might write a blog post and publish it, but the formatting doesn't work and the page is filled with random letters when you hit publish. And you allocate maybe two hours to plan or record a video for your YouTube channel, but you can't finish it in the time allotted and now you have to go pick up your kids. Another fail. The Instagram post is published, but 2,000 people comment that you are the worst writer and you don't even know what you're talking about. That sounds like a fail. But they're fails of action. Your podcast is recorded and uploaded, but when you go back to check on it, your computer crashed. Or your new client decides that they don't really even want to work with you anymore. Okay? Fails. But they are fails, worthy fails, of you going out there and doing something. They're system errors. You showed up, you performed, and something didn't work out. 
but you know more, you understand more, and you can appreciate the process more because of those fails. They're annoying, upsetting, disappointing, sure, but you are now better prepared, more fully educated. You can revise your methods. You now know something you didn't know when you've had a worthy fail. You might know now much more clearly how much time you need to allocate, how to troubleshoot your computer, what your Instagram followers do not react well to. And you learn that getting a boatload of criticism is no fun, but it doesn't actually kill you. Fizzles, on the other hand, teach us nothing. A fizzle is a failure in advance in the name of avoiding failure. It's when you say to yourself, oh, I only have an hour before my next appointment, so there's no way I can finish a post in less than an hour. Or you think, the house is crazy. The minute I start writing, I'll just be interrupted. Forget it. Or you tell yourself, nobody even reads these blogs, and nobody knows I even made this goal to post 25 times in two weeks, so who cares? Those are fizzles. Any goal or project worth your time will encompass failure. If you have a goal or a project or a resolution or an initiative, consider counting up your fails with as much satisfaction and pride as your wins. Because fails are proof that you are in the arena, you're doing something, you're growing. And be very aware of the fizzle. Be very aware of the fizzle as you take on new and uncomfortable projects. Because, yeah, fails are often public, so they can seem more uncomfortable. Fizzles tend to be more private and internal, and we may think, because of that, that they aren't as bad. But I'd like to suggest that they are so destructive to our relationship with ourselves. Failure doesn't mean anything has really gone wrong. Does that blow your mind? (laughs) It used to blow my mind, but I believe it so viscerally now. And as my coach, Brooke Castillo, says, if you aren't failing, then your goals just aren't big enough. So where have you been avoiding failure? By tolerating the fizzle of your goals. Because I'd like you to consider desensitizing yourself to the concept of failure. This was life-changing work for me. I think it was John Cleese, the comedian, who said that the goal for an Englishman is to die before he is publicly embarrassed. And I looked and I could not find that quote on the World Wide Web. I can't believe I made it up. But Unfortunately, I think that goal to die before you're publicly embarrassed is true for a lot of us, regardless of nationality, ethnicity, or gender. A lot of us. Most of us just really never want to experience public embarrassment, which is so interesting, and I get it. But that is exactly what the most celebrated people in our society do. They put themselves in harm's way for some public embarrassment. Athletes, performers, 
published writers, musicians, artists, yes, politicians, physicians, scientists, professors, entrepreneurs, hairdressers, chefs, designers, architects, people who perform their work on a public stage, they run the risk of some embarrassment, don't they? And we certainly do not want all these people just staying home. So, if you've been playing along at home these past few weeks, listening to our podcast here, working on your big goal, maybe thinking about your new goal or your new project, I'm encouraging you to maybe double it. Make it bigger. Make it scarier. Make it a bit more yikes. I just threw up a little in the back of my mouth. Kind of scary. And we're going to take that scary ass goal. And instead of saying, yup, I've got this, we're going to make friends with the possibility that we are going to fail. And we are going to fail all over the place, frequently, and in public too. Because when you make friends with the idea of a goal so big that you will probably fail, your brain just does not know what to do with that. So make $100,000 this year in your brand new side gig that hasn't even started? Write, direct, and produce a movie? Teach a thousand people to lose weight and get fit with a vegan training plan? Run five marathons in 12 months. I don't know. Get your songs published and recorded by Lady Gaga on her next album. Your brain is used to telling you that your ideas probably won't work and encouraging you to quit or lie down or eat something or scroll your phone. But when you offer it, what I call an impossible goal, you do, you do an end run around that negative brain chatter. Yeah, we're going to fail, brain. Nuts, right? <laughs> Failing is the whole plan. Your primitive brain is going to be speechless for a while, and your prefrontal cortex, your higher brain, is going to be like, wait, what? Can we even do that? Yeah, yeah, you can fail on purpose. Any of us who has ever done weight training, that's very normal procedure, right? You lift weights deliberately to failure. That's the strategy. That's how you systematically stimulate your muscles to grow. And there are different techniques, and I can't pretend that I know all of them, but Typically, you choose a weight that you can lift correctly for a number of repetitions until your muscle just fails, till it just won't lift the weight. Now, you don't just do it over and over with no thought or care or compassion for your body. This is deliberate and thoughtful and strategic. And as you keep getting stronger over time, you continue. But if there are plateaus, then you mix it up. It is a plan. We all know that we don't progress by staying inside our comfort zone. Our muscles don't get stronger if we just lift a pencil or a 
glass of water ten times. We get that. But we also don't have to abandon our families, sell everything we own, shave our heads to make a big change. Right? We can just keep stepping outside our comfort zone a little bit every day strategically. You've done scary things before, I'm certain. And when you make a goal that you and your brain both agree would blow your mind but is essentially impossible, then you can start to look at it. You can start to look at it a little more like weight training. The failure is just part of the process. And failure means nothing has gone wrong. And if you're willing to fail in the pursuit of creating that blow-your-mind impossible goal for a year, you are going to be amazed. Because when we start thinking about it, we get to see it's not the goal that's terrifying. It's the fact that getting there will require some failure, some discomfort. How many weeks have I quoted Brooke Castillo on this now? Discomfort is the currency of your dreams. Like sore muscles when you are weight training. If you woke up one day and your arms were super sore and your legs were all shaky when you tried to go downstairs, you might be really worried. You might be really scared even. But if you knew, no, I did a really hard workout or run up the hills, or I moved a few more pounds in my kettlebell workout, you'd be like, oh, wow, I'm a beast. Yeah, I'm super sore, but nothing's gone wrong here. Same thing on the way to your impossible goal. Same thing when you're putting together your marketing for your side gig and you don't proofread it well, or nobody understands what you're offering or there are just absolute crickets on your offer, no response at all. Yeah, that's a fail. Not fun, maybe, but it's just the training program you're in. Nothing has gone wrong. You know, you can do some seriously uncomfortable stuff. And by you, I mean me too. For me, as a life coach, that has meant putting my face on Instagram, making videos, getting interviewed, making this podcast, creating content that sometimes gets criticized or made fun of. You know, around the holidays, I got a comment on a social media post. I think it's still up there. I could have taken it down, but it keeps me humble. A man wrote in the comments, I never want to have this come up in my feed again and maybe find another guy to be in your posts. That guy he was referring to, Oh, that was me. That was my face. So that was funny after a while. Kind of stung for a bit because that was one of the first photos of myself that I had put out there. Okay. Well, I won't say it's no big deal at all for me, but it's not a really big deal. It's not a big enough deal for me to throw it all in. But that's because I deliberately collect fails. I kept doing things before I was ready. I kept creating content and sharing it and telling people that I was here to help with vegan, vegetarian, 
and plant-based goals. So back to your goal. We are going to fail our way there. Are you in? Get specific for me. Say it out loud. Did you say it out loud? Say it out loud. Are you queasy? If you're not queasy, this is not an impossible enough goal. Let's put a date on it. December 31st, the end of the year, if you're listening in another year or decade, say it out loud. A specific goal, a specific date. And if you're like me, you'll be feeling uncomfortable. If you're like me, you're thinking, yikes, maybe that's not the right goal. I have a multi-decade track record of being worried that I'm doing it all wrong. That's just my brain. Yours too? It's okay, because this is like when you start to lift weights. Even super light weights will help you notice and find the muscles that you want to develop. Nothing has gone wrong. Say it out loud. I'm going to earn, say it, $100,000 from my brand new side gig by December 31st. That sounds good. That statement is specific. It's measurable. And it has a time limit. There are not a lot of caveats and unnecessary details. Or how about this one? I'll earn $25,000 selling my artwork on Etsy before the kids go back to school in September. Here's one. I'll finish and self-publish my cookbook by June 15th. Clear, measurable, and a good date. I will apply, gain acceptance, get financial aid, and enter law school within 12 months. That works. Sometimes my clients have goals that require, how do I say this? They require an awful lot of explanation and backstory. And that is, that's your brain trying to obfuscate and muddy the water and create a goal that allows you to hide. It allows you to hide behind something that's so imprecise and contingent that you don't really have to commit. And if you don't really commit, you can't really fail. So pick your clear, precise, measurable goal and commit. You already know it's impossible, okay? So there's no shame in it, right? As my coach says, I want it to blow your mind and terrify you simultaneously. So next I have my clients tell me every single thing that's in the way of achieving that goal. Everything. Every obstacle. All the reasons you haven't done it yet. The reasons you haven't made the money with your side gig. You haven't sold your art or published your book or started grad school, whatever it is. And the obstacles can sometimes be very factual, like, well, I don't own a computer, or I work 40-plus hours per week, or I have three kids under the age of five. Or something like maybe we're moving across the country next month. Maybe there's a fact that you consider an obstacle that your employer has asked you to work overtime for the next quarter. Maybe your obstacle is, I haven't been making any art to sell 
or I don't know what the grad school application asks for. The obstacles can also sound more like, I'm not good with time management. I quit everything I start. I don't think my spouse is going to like it. I never did it before. What makes me think I can do it now? Once you start with this list, in my experience, it will all just keep coming out. Your brain will start trying to figure out which is the idea that will get you to drop this crazy plan. (laughs) The kids will starve because my spouse can't cook and I will never be able to cook dinner if I start this. One of my clients last week actually said that to me when we were brainstorming. The kids will starve because my spouse can't cook and I will never be able to cook dinner if I start this. As it came out of her mouth, she just stopped and stared and then burst into giggles because it seemed true to her. It seemed like just narrating the news or the weather report all the way until she got it out of her mouth and I started writing it on the whiteboard. But this is a necessity. We need to give our brains a chance to just freak out. This is where working with a coach can be invaluable because most of us won't really take the time to do this on our own. And if we do, we tend to try to, I don't know, maybe edit ourselves or not notice when we've just said something completely insane. Or worse, we take those obstacles so seriously that we just drop the goal. The process of going through all the obstacles that your brain is throwing out, all the reasons your brain is dishing up for why you aren't even allowed to have an impossible goal, this is so powerful. This is what I call the, this is why we can't have nice things exercise. You know how maybe your mom or you when something would get broken or spilled, would say, this is why, this is why we can't have nice things. As if only people who never break or ruin anything are allowed to have nice things. And by the way, if your brain is not completely losing it, your goal is just not big enough. Because if you've done this correctly, you have committed to a goal and a time period that makes you equal parts ecstatic and nauseated. What are all of the facts, stories, ideas, predictions, and plain old BS that your brain is telling you that make this goal impossible? This is a process you should really take your time with. Get out some paper and do this. I'm telling you. What else comes up? I don't have a website. I promised mom I'd help her with her business this summer. What if people hate what I write? What if I can't do it? I'm terrible with technology. Yeah? Are you feeling any of this? I will warn you that sometimes people start this and it brings up so much overwhelm that they just quit. That's what's so effective to have a coach help with because the coach can reassure you that just like sore muscles after you work out, nothing's really gone wrong here. You're just getting your excuses, your problems, your obstacles, your issues, all out on paper. All your worst case scenarios, because your lizard brain who just wants 
Remember what your lizard brain wants? Your lizard primitive brain just wants you to avoid pain, seek pleasure, and conserve energy. And this impossible goal sounds painful, no fun, and difficult. Are you in? When we work out, there is that feeling of good sore, right? Soreness that reminds us we have muscles and we just use them. And when we set an impossible goal and we get ready to experience the failure, that can be good sore or good pain too. It reminds us that we have emotional muscles and we're using them. We're growing emotional resilience. Have you heard of the hard 75 challenge? There's been a lot of talk about it lately, and it's the appeal of challenges like hard 75, marathons, Ironmans, Ironmen, Tough Mudders, Ice Water Challenges. Hard 75 is a program about physical as well as mental toughness, and I totally get it, and I approve of all these things, anything that increases our trust in ourselves, our belief in our possibilities. Any of these programs that increase our emotional resilience and our mental toughness. And with an impossible goal, the way I work with my clients, there is this same idea, the idea of increasing what we can handle, reminding ourselves that feelings are just feelings. We can handle them. We can handle uncomfortable feelings, but at the end of an impossible goal, you also get your goal. The thing that blew your mind, whether it's money, a business, a book, a website, a new career. So what have you been thinking about? What have you got in mind? And what are all the things that are going to come up along the way? What are the problems? What are the obstacles? What are the ways you are likely to fail along the way. And FYI, there will be a bunch of ways to fail, way more than even your creatively negative brain can come up with right now. Don't worry. So for instance, your brain might be telling you, well, selling things online will require you to be a whiz at technology or build a website. We don't actually know if that's what you'll need, but that's what your brain's telling you right now. Maybe you think you'll need to be more disciplined or much more organized. Maybe your thought is, I don't have access to the kind of people who would want to buy anything from me. And when you're done making the list of obstacles, you're going to make a second list, but that comes next week. Right now, you've got your hands filled. Your job is big enough. One, figure out what you really want and when you want to achieve it by. Two, say it out loud, and if it doesn't make you throw up a little in the back of your mouth, double it. Three, make a whole list, huge list, all the paper you've got of the problems, the excuses, the issues, the eventualities, the character defects, the unhelpful family members, all of it that stands between you and achieving that goal. This sounds a little like a joke to some people and super negative to others, but this 
is crucial. Because when your goal hits the metaphorical ice on the road and your plan starts skidding all over the place, and it will, you will want to remember that you've got this. You're at the control. Steer gently into the skid. Resist the urge to slam on the brakes. Keep your eyes on your goal. When you're in the middle of it, you will want to have practiced your drill. Do you ever listen to the podcast, How I Built This? How I Built This. It's about all kinds of business leaders and entrepreneurs and how they built their companies, how they build their companies, too. Yes, maybe one or two of them had a specific plan and worked out just as they anticipated, maybe. I can't even remember any of those because that is not fascinating. What is fascinating is how most of these people started out with one plan that didn't work, and they just kept going. We're going to talk about that next half of your challenge, your goal, next week. So fun. So much better than any video game or binge-watching any Netflix series. But you've got enough on your plate for this week. One, pick your goal. Two, make sure it scares you. Three, list out all the reasons you'll probably fail at it and then listen in next week. I would love it if you would email me some of the goals you guys are considering and some of the things you think are standing in your way. And in the meantime, program your brain to notice all the people who have done something like the goal you're setting. Because those other people who did it, they probably had a lot of issues Problems, complications, deficits, and family members working at odds. Program your brain to notice how others have achieved their goals, not necessarily in spite of those obstacles, but maybe even because of those obstacles. Next week, we'll talk a little bit about that. Maybe some of the things that seem like obstacles, that seem like problems, could really be your superpower, your secret weapon on your way towards your impossible goal. Maybe? Even if you think, yeah, no, Michelle, humor me. Just let that little idea settle in there behind the no. Maybe some of what stands in your way is the way. Stoic alert. The impediment to action advances action. What stands in the way becomes the way. Marcus Aurelius, we've used this classic before, written by the Roman philosopher emperor. The impediment to action advances action. What stands in the way becomes the way. Today, I'm encouraging you to make a long list of the impediments to action, the obstacles to your proposed action, that action towards your impossible goal. Because these obstacles, those impediments, we will use them to find the way 
forward. What stands in the way becomes the way. You don't need to wait until all those obstacles disappear. Are you ready? Pick your goal. Choose a date. Make a list. Handwritten, in my opinion. Make that list of what stands in the way of you achieving that goal. And we will talk about the next move next week on the podcast. And hopefully, hopefully, crossing fingers, you will message me with goals and obstacles on your lists. Please, don't be shy. And if you're all in right now, all set to get to work on your impossible goal, I would love to work with you. I would love to be your coach. Get in touch. Email me at info at michelleolandercoaching.com or message me on Instagram, Veg Your Best. The links are in the notes. And you can also find the PDF in those notes, the PDF I put together, Your Next Eight Weeks. That's the PDF that walks you through some of the questions and thoughts I work on with my new clients. I think you'll get a lot out of it. And it will definitely prompt you to get serious about what's next for you in your life. Veg Your Best podcast production, music, and editing by Charlie Weinshank. Thanks, Charlie. Before you go, it would mean so much to me and the Veg Your Best team if you would hit subscribe, leave us a five-star review, or share with someone you think might be interested. Something about algorithms, it helps bump us up a little in the rankings, and that's the best way to help others find the podcast and for us to find our audience. So until next week, make it easy and veg your best.